Welcome to the Highway Church Podcast. We're excited for you to join us today. To find out more about us, visit highway.com.au. Uh, so it's, it's the, the subject of our foundation series again this morning is, is uh, the mission. And today I want to focus on uh, the, the vision for our mission and the impact the vision for our mission can have in the lives of others in unexpected ways. Jesus made our mission abundantly clear. uh, And may I relate a testimony of the effect of the power of the Holy Spirit on the vision for the mission that Jesus has given his church. My wife Valerie's grandfather uh, was a... Oh, didn't think this would happen to me. (laughs) Um, He was a dairy farmer, a milkman, a small crops farmer. He was a grower of watermelons and grapes and much more at at a place called Lower Nudgee near Crib Island. That was a small uh, bayside community. That's where Val went to school. Uh, located near Nudge, between Nudgee Beach and the mouth of the Brisbane River. It's no longer there. It was reclaimed for the Brisbane International Airport. Well, this man had a vision for the mission. He wanted to uh, become a preacher, but uh, uh, because of financial constraints, he was unable to go to ministry training college. He became a farmer, and... Uh, Every week, after six days' work on his farm, morning till night, uh, he would uh, saddle up his horse and he would ride six and a half kilometres from his home through the bush to a place called Myrtle Town, which is now known as Pinkin Bar, on the banks of the Brisbane River. So he'd preach there in the morning uh, and then he'd uh, spend time, he'd spend time with the people. And after that, he'd saddle up his horse again and he'd ride home again, arriving just before dark. And uh, he'd probably have to milk the cows then before he he went to bed. So as well as this, as well as running a farm and a a busy farmer, uh, his farm was not all that far from the the, uh, nudgy St. Vincent's orphanage home. So as well as that, he and, his, and Val's grandmum, uh, they would have uh, children from the orphanage come to their home and for farm stays, and they became lifelong friends, and, and I remember seeing some of them at uh, grandfather's funeral. The Bible says, visit the orphans and the widows in their affliction. And, I'd like, uh, and as I go through this, I'd like you to just see how this uh, a thread falls into place when we get a vision for the mission. Why did he do it? What was the effect of the vision of the mission on and in this old dairy farmer and lay preacher and on others? What did Jesus tell us? Uh, his disciples was their mission. Most of us will recall it was go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature, to every man, woman and child. It was very clear. But soon after, after his death and resurrection, Jesus' command was don't, 
depart. Do not depart. What was this about? Why go? Why wait? The reason was immediately made clear when Jesus said, he ordered them not to go before they were first baptised, empowered by, united and filled with the Holy Spirit. See, the success of anyone's mission today in the things of God relies on the, this mission being carried out in covenant relationship with our covenant partner, the Holy Spirit in the covenant of shalom. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of wisdom and knowledge and understanding and counsel and might and the fear of the Lord, the spirit of, of grace and the spirit of glory. And, and in, this, in, this co- in this covenant that we've got, this covenant of shalom, which is a covenant of safety and soundness and health and happiness and peace and prosperity and contentment and rest and friendship, favour and greatness and welfare, well-being and wholeness, like, man, the Holy Ghost is there to, to, to just move on us and to help us in everything that where we need. And uh, the mission we've been commanded to fulfill is such that it requires the Holy Ghost to be on it. it re- if we're going to be successful, it requires the Holy Ghost to be in it. And, 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 and one, of our, one of our prime roles I believe in life as a Christian is to be making way for the Holy Ghost we can't do it without him but man when he's in it see the success of the mission relies on the Holy Ghost the Holy Spirit Jesus called the Holy Spirit our comforter He's our comforter. He's the one who's called alongside to help. God coming to help. And sometimes we forget that. We need to, we, we need to meditate on that and, and, and know that he's, he's, God wants to come along to help. As our helper, as our aid, I like this one, as our assistant. I like going through, through life with the assistant, the Holy Ghost. Hey? It's, it's him. It's God. There's no one better to go on the mission with. He's been on earth since the beginning. He knows how the whole system works. Both the natural realm and the spirit realm. And he's a master at working with the word. He's waiting to move on the word. In Proverbs 8, he talks about himself. You should, I encourage you to read Proverbs 8 and see how the Holy Ghost talks about himself. He says in, in verse 27, when he prepared the heavens, I was there. Holy Ghost, I happened to be there. I was beside him as a wise master craftsman. Note that. I just add builder, the Holy Ghost. Whoever finds me finds life and obtains favour from the Lord. 
Now, I think this is really important. The Holy Ghost's destiny, the Holy Spirit's destiny, was in him being given the role to take the place that Jesus had had with the disciples after Jesus left the earth and returned to heaven. This was when the disciples, and now you and I, were commanded with the mission of go ye. The destiny of the Holy Ghost was to replace what Jesus had been doing. So he's come to walk with us and be with us. We often think about, oh, those disciples, it must have been wonderful. They're walking through Jerusalem and through Judea and and Jesus is there. The Holy Ghost has come to do the same. Through Rang. Hey, through Gilston. Hey, through Madhurabha. Hey, Madhurabha? Yes, Madhurabha. The Holy Ghost. What a God, eh? What a God. The purpose of this covenant that we have with the Holy Spirit is for His strengths to cover our weaknesses. Important to see that. The purpose of the Holy Ghost in the, co- in the covenant is for his strengths to cover our weaknesses. And the attitude toward us with him is always, how can I help you? He's not holding back, how can I help you? What a God. So the disciples remained in Jerusalem until the day of Pentecost. On that day when they were all in unity, the Holy Spirit came and he baptized them. He filled them with himself, with his life and his power and his ministry gifts. This was their equipping for the mission. The confirming sign of that having occurred was that they spoke in other tongues as the Holy Spirit gave them a heavenly language. Of course, that remains the the sign uh, today of being filled with the Holy Ghost. They were fully equipped for the mission. Uh, They were saved. They were born again. They were baptized with the Holy Ghost, empowered with the Holy Spirit, gifted with his spiritual gifts. They were walking with him and in him, and he was in them as their precious covenant partner. He's done the same to us. He's equipped us with himself. The Holy Spirit's totally committed to the mission. Uh, we, we are never alone in it. But we've got to do it his way. What do they say? His way or the highway? No, his way. If we're able to enable him to act on our behalf. The mission is successful when we make our way his way. When we make way for him to move on our behalf. Because it's meant to be, we're meant to walk, do it in partnership. It's a partnership. So our life is meant to be adjusted. So we're making way for the Holy Ghost at all times. 
Now, both the Old Testament and the New Testament give the clear plan for success for the mission. Joshua's Great Commission, the the Old Testament mission plan, was given directly by God to Joshua to enable him to lead the nation of Israel in the successful occupation of the Promised Land. In Joshua chapter 1, for Joshua, it was take and occupy the Promised Land For us, it is go you into all the world and preach the gospel of the kingdom for the salvation of every soul. What were the keys for Joshua to prosper and be successful in his God-given mission? Step A, be strong and courageous, Joshua. Don't be deflected from the mission, from the command, not to the right nor the left, but be strong and courageous. This is the process of obedience to God. The process of obedience. This is the process of, for Joshua, of demonstrating love. The Bible says Jesus made it clear that keeping his commandments, that is obedience, equates to loving him. Step B. Keep the word of God in your mouth. Speak the word Preach the word of God to yourself day and night, Joshua. This always was and always will remain the God-given process of building faith. So step A was in, in, for success on the mission was love. Step B was faith. There's a, there's a further step, step C. This is the process of building hope. The process of of building the vision for the mission from the word through use of pictures. Because God said to Joshua, meditate on my word day and night. Ponder, mutter, muse, imagine, plot what you see in the word. So here God was setting up for Joshua a pattern that he followed through into into the New Testament. Joshua was already familiar with this, this, uh, with God talking about meditating day and night. Joshua was familiar that this, this business of forming pictures of a promise. He knew the importance of the picture process uh, had been to Father Abraham, who at 99 had no babies, Sarah was 90, they're getting old. Sarah's does not looking so good. Huh? Josh, uh, Abraham's thinking, when will this baby, when will, can I possibly have a baby? And God says, come out here, Joshua. Come out here, man. Look at the stars in the heavens, man. See if you can count them. That's the number of your babies. Huh? See, God was using a picture process for Abraham. He said, look intently, consider regard with pleasure, see the stars in the night sky. The process of building hope, this is really important, the process of building hope had the power to change Abraham, both Abraham and Sarah. Physically, the process in Abraham working with 
the Bible calls the God of hope, the Holy Ghost. When we start to move in pictures that God wants us to look at, we start to move with the God of hope. We start to make way for power of God to move in our life. And this is what, this was what uh, was happening with Abraham. And, uh, and we know the story. Abraham used to go out at night, lay out and look at the stars. Then another time God said, Abraham, I want you to look at the sand of the seashore in the day. Hey, hey. The sand in the morning and the stars at night. See, he, he, God, he was telling, he was telling Abraham, you got to do this day and night, man. Oh, I want to go somewhere there, but I might get into trouble. <laughs> I can see old Abraham going out at night, putting out his carpet and his, and his little pillow with his blankie. Hey. Lying out there under the stars, see? God's been toy, he's been looking at these stars for months on end. And he's been noticing a bit of a change in little Sarah. And then the curtain on the tent comes back and little Sarah comes out. Then it's not only stars, but it's shooting sparks, hey? I better, I better, come on, focus back. So the success of Joshua's mission to take the promised land relied on obedience or love, on faith, and on hope. That's the tripod of Christianity. The tripod of Christianity is faith, hope, and love. Now abides, uh, 1 Corinthians 13, 13, now abides faith, hope, and love. These three. Abide means to stay, remain, stand, be held, uh, to be kept. A tripod needs three legs to succeed. Let's look at these, each of these three legs. One is faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. The Bible also says faith is the substance of things hoped for. And then the Bible says in Galatians 5, 6 that faith works, is active, effectual, powerful by means of love. So we see how they move together. Faith works by love. Faith is the substance of things hopeful. But the, the, these three work together. Do we have a picky? Not yet. See, it always works that way. Holy Ghost made the natural realm and he made the spirit realm. I don't know whether you've noticed that water always runs downhill. Water always boils at 100 degrees C at at uh, sea level, always the same. Holy Ghost is consistent. The, the, these laws of the Spirit that, uh, that God wants us to move with and, and work with, they, they, they are consistent. Faith 
Let's look at hope, first of all. According to my earnest expectation and my hope, hope has its source in the word, is the looking forward to, the foreseeing, the visualization of, the picturing of the promise in the word of faith. Faith is the substance of God's promise. I call it the building material. Hope is the picture of God's promise. I call it the the building plan for the promise. Love is the power that causes the promise to become a reality. The Bible says this, the love of God is shed abroad in our heart by the Holy Spirit. So when we, we get, start to operate in, this, in the area of love, we can't operate in the area of love without making way for the Holy Spirit to move in our lives. So the, di- the diagram of the tripod of Christianity of faith, hope, and love, the, tri- the, the tripod must have the strength of all three legs to stand. I've used a tripod many times. Uh, you have to set up a tripod, and then uh, to, to, to uh, and then once you've got the tripod, all the legs in, then you might you take the. If, for me, it was a level or a, or a theodolite. Take it out of a uh, its box and and then put it on the, uh, but the uh, on the tripod. It had to be firm and had to be for it to to do its job. Now let's see the purpose of a vision in the mission. I think we had a, a, a branded tripod there for you. But now let's, let's have a look at, uh, I want you to look at uh, four situations where uh, there's a building, there's a plan, uh, there's a builder, or there's a building. Now if we look at number one, the building materials are on site. A plan for the building is on site that the builder's gone fishing. Result, no building. No love involved in the process, no success. Here's the next one. The builders, the building materials on site. The builders turned up today, but there's no plan. The result, no building, no hope. The next one, there's uh, the, the builder's on site, smile on his face. The plan's there, he's all ready to go. But the trucks haven't arrived with the building materials. What's the result? No building. And the fourth situation, the building, the building materials are on site, faith. The plan for the building's on site, hope. The bill is on site, love, the Holy Ghost. Oh, what a beautiful building. Hey, is the result, eh? Now, let's address this spiritual force. How are we going, David? Let's, let's, Let's address this spiritual force called hope. Most of us understand love. We, uh, We understand what it is to show love, to receive love. We have an understanding of what... We also understanding of what it is to believe, what it is to have faith in a person, faith in an object, such as a motor vehicle, a hairdryer, or faith in a system, 
such as a rail timetable, or faith in a promise. We often hear hope used, but we don't necessarily hear hope used in the way that I've been speaking about. Oftentimes we'll say we'll hear hope used this way. Uh, will they be home for Christmas? Oh, I hope so. I don't know, but I hope so. You know, that, 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 this, that isn't Bible, the way Bible, the, God wants us to understand his hope. But what about operating in this powerful spiritual element called hope? That's seeing in our spirit not only what God can do, but what God will do. Seeing what, seeing something, that's what, that's what Abraham was on about. God was saying, you look at those stars, I'm going to do that, Abraham. And he looked at those stars until such time as he said, I know you're going to do it, God. I can see them and I can count them and they're more than I can possibly count. Hey, what can God do for you? In a, in a vision for the mission, what can he do for you when you start to believe him? Hope is the earnest, intense expectation in the sense of seeing. It's seeing something before you see it. This is what both Abraham and Joshua were told to do by God. Let the prom- look at the promise before the promise manifests. And when we're involved in the mission, it's a matter of looking out. What, can, what will the God of hope do when I start to look at what what uh, he might want to do in the mission. You say, I don't know if I can do that. I'm not very good at that visual stuff. I'm not so good at that. Well, I say, elephant. Then I say, crocodile. Then I add, beautiful little baby. With soft, blonde, wavy hair. A little baby girl. (laughs) In a frilly dress. With white booties. Oh, and a pink bonnet. Now, what did you see? E-L-E-P-H-A-N-T? Or did you see... What did you see? C-R-O-C-O-D-I-L-E? Or did you see? <laughs> what did you see? B-A-B-Y? Or were you ready to nurse it? Hey. Hey. You see, you can see pictures. And God wants you to use that picture-making process in, in working with his word. On that subject, I add Katie's. If that's not enough, I add Noni B. What about if I add Rockman's? Rockman's at Helensvale. Do you see words or do you see pictures? Since we've been dragged out shopping, fellas... And we're at Helensvale. 
for you I add Donut King. Now we're on the subject, aren't we, fellas? What about if I add milkshake? Strawberry flavouring. Oh, can you see it? What if I add malt? You reply, don't mind if I do. Thank you very much. You see, did you see those sugar-coated rings with the holes? Can you almost taste them now? (laughs) Will you be dropping by there on your way home to get some? (laughs) This hope we have, the Bible says, as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast. Colossians, that's in Hebrews 6.19, Colossians 1.23 says, If indeed you continue in the faith, grounded and steadfast and not moved away from the hope of the gospel. Note the words anchor, sure, steadfast, grounded, not moved away from. We saw that hope is an essential part of the vision. The plan that must be established and living inside the believer for success in the mission. Now, if you've ever owned a boat and you've been out in a boat and it's been anchored in a flowing tide, you'll be able to answer this question really easily, without any hesitation, no problem at all. When a boat is anchored, does the anchor... Does the boat have the anchor or does the anchor have the boat? Does the boat have the anchor or does the anchor have the boat? Both. The anchor has the boat and the boat has the anchor. If you truly have a vision, the vision will have you. If you truly own the vision, the vision will own you. If you truly have a vision, the vision will control your priorities in life, your time, your finances, your acquaintances, and your future. If we we say we've got a vision for the mission, the the vision must control us, and we won't have it until it has us. I know from personal experience, I'll have to hurry, I, don't, I know from personal experience the power of a vision. I also know later in life the power of having a vision with the Holy Ghost. And I, I'll just tell you quickly, and I'll got, move on. At age 15, I began to develop a vision to become a civil engineer. My dad was a design draftsman and he, every so often, quietly, gently, not forcefully, he'd say, Graham, what about you think about becoming a civil engineer? Well, I used to start to, he was a design draftsman, and I used to start watching what civil engineers did. Uh, often when I sit in the, in the car doing my homework behind the Gold Coast City Council Southport offices before, before my dad uh, drove us home. Well, at 16, civil engineering was, was, was the vision for my life, and then for many, many, many years, uh, civil engineering was what I studied and qualified and, and, and practised. 
I mentioned earlier Val's grandfather and the vision that he had for the mission. If I can go back there. The dairy farmer and lay preacher who had a vision for the mission that God had given his people. I want you to see how a vision can you carry working with the God of hope. The Holy Spirit has the power to change lives. Well, later he had six granddaughters. And for many years, probably at least 12, every Sunday, he would drive them and a bunch of other children to the Crib Island Methodist Sunday School where they'd attend Sunday school and then after Sunday school they'd stay and attend the, the church service. What did the, what did the God of hope do in the vision this grand old man had in his heart for his children, his grandchildren and, other, and later generations? Well, granddaughter Valerie married me. Ah, oh, there you are. As I know, I got the better deal. Later, we were both uh, saved and baptized with the Holy Spirit and pastored the church and did a whole bunch more with missions in, in other nations. And I mentioned orphans early, earlier. One day, out of the blue, uh, a good friend from the local Baptist church uh, turned up and she was helping with the, the Baptist church children's home. She visited and asked if we, would, if we would like to take two orphan little girls uh, for, as foster children. Just how far can a, can, a mission, can a vision go when you make way for the Holy Spirit? How far? Well, one of those little girls, now married with two little girls of her own, is considered part of our family and, and her daughters uh, only know Val and me as Nanny and Poppy. So what, you know, like there's, a, there's something goes on when you, get, when you get hold of a vision or something goes on. When, what, can, what, what can you develop now as a vision that will go from generation to generation? That's what I want you to see. You get a vision and it goes, this, it, was grand, it was grandfather. Now there was granddaughter. Then there's great-great-great-grandson Andrew sitting here with beside his mummy. <laughs> he was saved and filled with the Holy Spirit at seven. I remember the night. I mean, I'm the night, the call was on. Won't you come? Won't you come? And Andrew and two of his friends, a couple of seats, a couple of rows in front of us, hopped up and walked to the front and got saved. Well, he, Andrew's become a, a shepherd and pastored a lot of people and become a teacher of people in many places. Uh -huh. And he's been a driving force uh, in developing an orphanage and children's home in Myanmar for up to 90 children. And those kids call him Papa Andrew or Daddy Andrew. What can God do? When Andrew first went there, when Andrew first went there, and, and he knew there was, a, there was one of the pastors in a little bamboo hut, and he visited him, and he was, he was looking after about three or four little kids, 
and and uh, and Andrew looked around at the at the at the, at the place and. And he said, yeah, the only trouble, Andrew, he said, this bloke that lives next door here, he's got a bit of a history with children. We're, not, we're a bit worried about him and the safety of the children. Andrew called us straight away. And uh, Val's dad and us, we just, we got him the money and they bought the bloke out and added to this property. And then Andrew was able to build this 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 pro- this." This children's home. When God is involved, God. Andrew gets on the plane and he's coming. I'm sorry. Am I right? Uh, 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 Andrew gets on the plane and he's flying back to Singapore and he hops in the seat and he sits sitting next to this bloke and he turns out to be a builder from Yangon. And he was the man that built. Andrew came back, designed the designed the buildings. This was the man that built them. What will God do with you when he makes a way for, for you with, with a vision for the mission? Then there was granddaughter Kim, saved and baptised in the Holy Ghost at five. And I can still remember the night that she was, she was waiting for the call. <laughs> She sat in front of us. She was fidgeting, ripping, she had big boots on, zipping them up and down, waiting for the call. The moment the call came, she turned around. She said, would you come out with me, Daddy? So I walked to the front. She led me to the front. She wanted to be saved at five. Did it stop there? No. I'm only telling you this, I'm not trying to, I'm only telling you this to see the power of the Holy Ghost in lives and how he moves, the Holy Ghost moves. Did it stop there? This vision in an old dairy farmer and lay preacher. Now great, great granddaughter Chloe and great, great granddaughter Joshua are leaders in what experienced ministry call a revival in the youth in the northern Gold Coast. See, it's, a, it's just amazing what God can do. Yeah. I want you to encourage you to, to get a, a vision, not just a casual thing, oh, I'm just in this, it's nice to come along to church and it's nice to, you know, to throw a few bucks in here and a few bucks. No, get a vision for it. Yeah. Let, let, the vision, uh, let it own you. When it owns you, when the Holy Spirit of hope owns you, then, then things start to happen in a great and powerful way. I'll finish with this. Uh, grandfather never saw his two sons saved. They'd go to church three or four times a year perhaps. But they never, they never really were committed. Well, Val's uncle Cecil was uh, 90 odd and uh, he's very sick in hospital. Val and I went to speaking. By this, see him, by this time he couldn't speak. And Val said to him, Uncle Cecil, could we pray for you? He nods. So I said to Uncle Cecil, I'm going to pray a prayer of faith, which is the f- prayer, prayer we pray for people to be saved. 
I'm going to pray a prayer of faith with you. I said, hold my hand, Uncle says. And as I pray, I want you to, if you believe what I'm saying, I want you to squeeze my hand. So I started to pray this prayer. Will you, Jesus Christ, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. That God, you, that God, you sent him to earth. And, 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 and then I receive him. As, the whole time he's squeezing my hand, right through, he was saved. The next day he passed away. How far can a vision in you go? Hey, this was a granddaughter with a scruffy old husband that go to, to, to her, her uncle. And then the finish on this, Val's dad, 96, 24 hours before he died, in hospital. Uh, and Val said to him, Dad, could we pray for you? I said, Pop, I'll, 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 I want to lead you in a prayer of faith. He said, explain that to me. He's very sharp. Explain that to me. I explained that to him. Would you like to pray that? Yes, I would. Prayed the prayer of faith. Saved, born again. Next day, he passed away. How far? How far? One of Al's cousins, the same thing happened. I want to encourage you. Be born again. First step is be born again. If you've never been born again, never received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you should do that today. Get God involved in your life. Jesus said you must be born again to enter the kingdom of heaven. Let's close your eyes, bow our heads. If, you, if you've come today and perhaps you've been coming for a while and you've never received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Saviour and you know today you should. If, if, if that's you today and you know it's time for me to receive Jesus Christ as my Lord, would you slip your hand up for me? Thank you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Is there anyone else here this morning? You know it's your time. You should be born again. You should be born again. If you've never been born again, make that move today. Confess Jesus before everyone. He says, confess me before men. I'll confess you before my daddy. Is there anyone else here this morning? ask this question. It might be a bit strange. But perhaps you're like me. I, 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 I said a prayer beside my bed one Saturday afternoon about 2.30. I said the prayer, but I knew I had to make a, 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 a commitment. So at a, at, a, at a night meeting, not long afterwards, when the call came, I stood up and walked to the front and said, yes, I want to be saved. Perhaps there might be someone here like me sat in church, never really stood up and said, yes, I want to be saved. I want to, I want to confess Jesus Christ as my Lord. Is there anyone like that today? I'd like to, I'd like to pray for you, with you. Is there anyone? Praise God. Would you like to come, sweetie? 
David, would you like to be this young lady? So, yeah, he, you're right down here, Lord. You're right there, Lord. Jesus' name. 